Hello and welcome back to the Garm Decorators podcast from Target Transfers. Um, today we are very excited to be joined by Charlotte Robinson from Miners Cloud Nine. I'm also joined by Molly, as always. Hi. So welcome, Charlotte. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So we were very lucky to collaborate with you recently on a little project you're working on. And when we got to meet you and learn more about your story, we were like, we've got to have you in to talk on the podcast and share your story, share your journey. So could you tell us a little bit about what Martin is Cloud9 doing? And we'll go back to the beginning after that point. Yeah, I will summarise, otherwise you'll be here for way too long. <laughs> um, so Minus Cloud 9 started in, well, 2014 is when I had the idea, and that's when I was screen printing garments on my bedroom floor. And what happened was I was previously, or I had been for about two, three years, caring for someone who was really struggling with their mental health. And in 2014, we weren't talking about it like we do today. So I was learning along the way as I was caring for them. And they used to describe it as a black cloud above their head. So I started creating these weird and wonderful illustrations with this cloud and um, printing them terribly on my bedroom floor and my friends would wear them and it kind of had a bit a bit of a ripple effect it wasn't like a big takeoff but slowly and I started talking about it a little bit more and the meaning of it and then I was starting to tell like strangers and they would ask for a garment and then over time I started to do markets and that was where I really started talking to complete strangers having these really deep conversations around mental health and I could see there was a real need for these conversations to happen so my hope was that people would start to recognise the cloud and it would have conversations with, between themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just grew from there. I started getting invited into like workplaces to do workshops and like wellbeing like events. So that was that started to really I see a massive difference then. Then I was getting really good feedback off corporate. So again, I could see another opportunity where being vulnerable could help other people and having these conversations and then when I met you guys was when I was doing a campaign it was a Minus Cloud Nine's first campaign across uh, London Underground with TFL Thrive London and Zero Suicide Alliance and it was Messages of Hope across London Underground Um, it was a suicide awareness campaign and throughout May and June when the campaign was up over 33,000 people took the suicide prevention training. So not just because of us, it was just overall. Um, but we would like to think that we had a part in helping people with that, yeah. Well, the, the designs you used on the T-shirts, and you know, we were f- following you along as you were going through and seeing all the different posters in the Jeep section. They were very... I don't know if, how I'd describe them. It's, they're quite striking because they're quite simple. They're not like overdoing it, mm-hmm. um, but they really draw your eye to what's going on in the, the image I find. Yes, so everything, well, I try and have everything with a a message. So I'd never want to take anything away from the message. So it's meant to be that someone just thinks, oh, and then they take a picture of it, send to someone else, or it's just for them. So I actually caught one person one day. I was stood when I went with the photographer. Um, We were just looking around and taking videos. But as the train was coming, we'd stand back. And then I caught a, a gentleman, like, take a picture. And I said, are you, are you taking a picture of that? And he was like, yeah. I was like, that's my work. And he was like, oh, sorry. I was like, no. You're a- I, re- I remember you saying when you came in, you were going up that day to see them, and that was your goal, to see, see somebody someone. that you didn't know and yeah. hadn't asked yeah. to take a picture yeah, yeah, can, of it. Can you pause? So I, li- I literally, and I, and I just started crying. And then I was like, do you mind if we take a picture of you? And he was like, of course. And he was just like the nicest person. And full on went into like pausing, model mode. <laughs> but it just really showed like in that moment how like, have it like just doing something a bit like vulnerable it made a sense of community immediately and he was so happy he was like well done everything you're doing and that he took he must have took like 16 pictures because he was taking them for the camera but his family were all like really like positive about it and i just thought oh i'm so happy i witnessed that hopefully that's happened a lot throughout the campaign but yeah they are quite simple um there is a little bit of an anime kind of uh, vibe to it and that's because I'm really like heavily influenced by Japanese art and Japanese fashion love it so my goal is to actually have the illustrations out in Japan that's what I would love to do Um, so that's why in the logo it's got Japanese writing and that says mental health awareness Um, but yeah I like I'm I wouldn't say I'm like a very good drawer really I do everything on like graphic or on illustrator so simple is just what I can do so it's it's my ability as well but yeah, I, I love them. I, that's the type of art I'm drawn to as well. So yeah. I think the simplicity of them, though, like you said, is what works. Because if they were overcomplicated or had too much going on, people almost probably wouldn't look or they'd look and not really get it straight away or be a bit distracted. But the fact that the second you came in and we saw your designs as transfers on the T-shirts, we were like, oh, no, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. Like, 
within less than a second of looking at them. Oh, that's what it, it, when it started, the reason was there was I was learning a lot about bipolar, um, and that was why I only did black and white initially because it was to represent how things are kind of like yes or no. There's the black and white, but it has just evolved. I have incorporated a little bit of colour. I think that's maybe as my mental health has improved and I've been in a better headspace to see things a bit more colourfully. Um, but yeah, I really, I really like the simplistic like message and people have had it tattooed on them now so it's really becoming its own identity so I feel like I can't really turn away from it because that's what it is um but yeah I'm really I'm really proud of it come from where it come from definitely mm-hmm. yeah so you obviously you kind of you started when you were at uni was when you first started actually printing t-shirts was that with the cloud nine stuff at the same time or were you just being creative and artistic and trying to figure things out with garments and so I I went to you so I learned to sew when I was about 16 in college a level so and I really knew immediately as doing textiles like okay I love this I love to create um and I'm massively dyslexic um so and I recently found out that uh well I have ADHD so that's kind of made oh that that makes sense (laughs) um so like being creative and working my hands just works for me more than sitting in a class and learning unless it's something I'm super absorbed in, but that's because I get hyper-focused. So I learned how to sew, and then I went to uni to do fashion and textiles, and it was a mixture of everything. It was really good course. It was from pattern cutting to print to garment construction. It was a bit of everything drawing. So I really learned how to make a garment from start to finish and understand what goes into making a garment and looking at factories and what like the capabilities are. So learning to pattern cut was like really crucial for me because I was able to be more creative on making my own things and then in my third year it was specialising in print which was screen printing and this was all when uh, that person I was caring for was really ill so I was previously doing lots of florals and flowers but as the years went on I wasn't feeling as flowery so I started drawing these girls and the six girls I have on my um, flyer my generic flyer were my uni hand in that was my university like submission and I didn't think I was going to do anything with it but I submitted it as a brand that was based around community and mental health and open up conversations and um one of my tutors my male tutor he said he was I really think you should do something with this and I was like not like I, I didn't care I wasn't like very well myself so I was like whatever and then two years went on and it was just in the back of my head and then I met my boyfriend who I'm with now and he relentlessly bullied me he was like do something with it like yeah you can tell this is your passion because I kept having like jobs I didn't really care about and I kept saying oh, I want to have my own business so I think inside me I was meant to be like an entrepreneur but just lacking confidence and not knowing how I was going to do it and then obviously talking about mental health so openly sometimes is intimidating even now I've done it for so long and I'm like mm. um but yeah it's just evolved completely well and like, you know it's quite it is quite an intimidating journey deciding to be an entrepreneur or just starting to start your own business have you can you remember making that first T-shirt once you, like, went back into, like, today's the day I'm going to do it? So I it was I bought a screen printer. So there, on eBay, there was this screen printer kit from Italy because I couldn't afford to do it all properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was using, like, screens with sunlight and doing it in my garage and my garden. But it was, like, it, with screen print, you guys probably know, with dust or the wrong lighting or the wrong temperature, it all goes wrong. And I was just trying to print this one little figure and it was just always a, like a blur whenever I did it and I invested in this piece of kit I saved up for it, it was about like £3,000 I can't remember and it had an exposure unit on it and a, a board to print mm-hmm. and it came with screens and emulsion it wasn't actually a lot but at the time it was so much for me and I was like this is such a big piece of equipment and the first time I used it I remember washing the screen and the image looked clear and I was like this might work <laughs> and then when I lifted the screen up it was a complete clean press and I was like <gasps> and I didn't have any of the right things to dry it so I just hung it up to, dry, to air dry um, and then I remember the next day wearing it like really proud and I was like this is like I definitely want to create something because that sense of achievement is like dopamine hit times a million yeah and do you still have the original t-shirt somewhere? I do somewhere yeah, the Hall of Fame I give the first of a jumper to one of my best friends, um, and I know she still has it. Um, so I do still have it, um, but if I seen it now, I'd probably cringe. Like, That's horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> 
but you know that's all it's all part of the journey though isn't it, it? Is, it's, yeah. you know, learning to improve and go from there so how did you first start selling them did you just start selling them to friends and family or did you take them to the markets how did you get going with them so a bit both my friends were really spot I lived in a house house share as well who actually were around while I was struggling with my mental health so they could see the impact on me they knew how much it meant to me um, and they all helped me personally so when they saw I was actually doing something with my business they were so supportive and um, so they would all buy bits like you know like 15 pound very cheap but I'd still make like a fire profit and I was just really happy to be making something it wasn't enough to be sustainable or live off but it was amazing and um it that I did my first event I used to be events manager in one of my jobs and I did an event with Mind Charity and I put a little rail of my clothes up with a little bit of written what it meant and then I started talking to people at that event I felt kind of protected because I was doing my job but I was able to talk about it and then that had a really nice response and then I just started doing markets and that was like a real real shift for me because I was going to markets and making hundreds of pounds and I was like oh, this could be enough to live off if this was sustainable and I was doing it three or four times a week. But then obviously the pandemic did change things. But then there was more of a need for me online because of the pandemic. And obviously a lot of people then started talking about mental health more and it was affected. Um, so I started making masks and I sold over 3,000 masks. And that's where people started uploading pictures, wearing their mask. And it was a mask with a transfer clouds all over it. Mm-hmm. And people would write there, why I wear the cloud. So it was, a, it was trying to encourage other people to talk about their own stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it must have been, obviously, but that's, it's all part of being a business owner is being adaptable. And I think that's one of the things that we've noticed from businesses that have kind of starting to kind of come out the other side now a little bit is those that were like okay i need to you know what everything's changing yeah and some things will, will never be never be the same again but actually being able to be like, okay what can i do to have a positive impact with the equipment i have yeah. and making masks was a, was a great option then wasn't it oh i i mean obviously i didn't love it but it made me really realize how capable i was mm-hmm. i had an etsy shop and then i had my shop and the etsy shop it was literally i, I made my own pattern so that was mm-hmm. like really good to see my skills work but i did it really early before fast fashion caught on to masks so my Etsy shop, I was getting hundreds of orders every day and I'd be looking at my phone, the notifications were coming through. And me and my boyfriend, <laughs> it was great, but it was a bit like, how am I going to do it? Because Etsy are really strict on your dispatch times and all the rest of it. And I was like, I don't know if I'm physically capable. But it kept me busy in the pandemic. It made me realise I was capable. I was able to make masks for like Andrew Lloyd Webber, his theatres. Like, it was really word of mouth. Um, and I just then I started embroidering logos onto it. And it really grew. And that, because I... I didn't lose my job, but my job kind of made itself redundant because there was no events and everything else. I was unable to financially sustain and be able to pay our rent and bills and be able to survive. So it was really a real change for me because I was like, actually, I want to do this and create and make stuff and then have people tag me in the falls more than working for someone else. Yeah. yeah. You've, you do caps as well, right? I've seen on your Instagram page you do, like, the embroidered caps. At what point did you transition to, like, introduce those into your range? Because that's quite a difference between face masks to, you know, almost, like, full-on product range. Yes, so the caps are really recent. The caps are, like, literally... Well, I developed them last year, um, but I, the caps are the, one of the things I don't do because I don't have the right hoop, so I had them made. Um, but that was really scary because that's when I had to start committing to minimum quantities and stuff like that. Yeah, and they're quite big for things like that, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, really. And obviously I'm trying to do everything sustainably and make sure it is, like, making my carbon footprint as low as possible. So I really do try and look at everything. So it took me a year to sort out. And I did a pre-order on that because I was so nervous to make this, like, cost of getting this massive batch. And I was super lucky that they I sold enough. I sold out of one colour on the pre-order. So that made me also a little confidence boost. And I was like, maybe this is more of a business than that. Sometimes I think it is. Sometimes I'll say to people, oh, I've got a little business. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes it surprises me as well with what it does. So, yeah, it's definitely evolving still. But there's still a long way to go. But I am at the point where I'm ready to stop making things myself. That's what we're talking about. Either get a team member um, and start manufacturing on a a slightly bigger scale, but as sustainable as possible. Yeah, but I think pre-ordering is pretty good for things like that, especially if you are for people listening that are a newer business. We talk about this a lot sometimes with them, like mock-ups and things that you can make online. It's so easy now to create your product without creating your products and seeing what the interest is, testing the water, that kind of thing, before you commit to 
that yeah. like you say cost or and then you sort of sitting there with all of these hats thinking oh my god I can't get rid Honestly, of them and do, do that because the amount of times I've I've thought oh you know no one's going to want to pre-order without seeing it or but I have spent so much money over the years on equipment or whatever thinking I need to buy the cap hoop for example yeah. or whatever and then sold like three and I'm like okay I've still lost money on this like it's it's such a gamble doing anything it is worth it when it when it works but it's peaks and troughs isn't it and sometimes it doesn't work and that's also okay but try and like prevent the risk for yourself yeah definitely yeah I think the thing and it shows with your business though is consistency and I think if you'd have just released like a couple of different items and not really spoken about it but it probably wouldn't have been as successful but the fact that you talk about it all the time it is what you're passionate about it's your life in a way yeah um and the fact that you've just introduced those products as almost like a site well it's obviously a big part of your business but as far as everyone else is concerned almost like a little side piece for them for your business they're like oh this is a token of what that cloud means to me and I think that's such a different perspective rather than just oh I bought this t-shirt kind of thing exactly I I really would love the cloud to be recognized the way like obviously this is big big dreams but that's why I manifest so like the Nike tick you know immediately what that means you know who it is the Apple uh, Apple you know it's tech you straight away know when you hear about Jeff Bezos even though he's done some very interesting things you know he started in his garage and he worked really hard I really want the cloud to recognise that that was from a really sad situation but it like turned into this and it's helped other people since so yeah. for me selling the products is just a little a little buzz but it's so much more than that like you said yeah well it's building upon the brand isn't it and the brand awareness but I think it's because it's so simple like the actual image itself not the meaning behind it yeah. is recognizable and I think that's the most important thing if it was too complicated yeah. or wasn't as easy to understand I guess it, I probably wouldn't but it definitely I think well it already is doing that from the yeah. sounds of it yeah and I've done that before as well I've done art or t-shirts or slogans or something which have had like meanings and I've thought oh people get this but it, sometimes sometimes is is less is more isn't it and I remember when I first did the cloud I was like it's too simple it's boring but if you literally look at some of the biggest brands in the world and what they've achieved simplicity is sometimes just the best thing ever and it's simple it's easy people are proud to wear it that's one thing I was like proud of your cloud like yes less is more sometimes sometimes go for it but yeah (laughs) yeah I think that's probably one of the reasons the TFL tube campaign works so well because everything normally when you're in uh, is it's normally an advert Mm -hmm. for something it might be a, a, a theater show or some sort of product but when you see something's a bit more actually uh, not jarring is not probably the right word, but it's just more it's interesting. Clean. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. It's, it's clean. It's much more. It does draw your eye because I think that's. But the yeah. simplicity is part of the reason why it's that there's lots of white space rather than mm. just like I have to fill this with colour because it's a, it's on a poster. That's, yeah, that like. I love that you just said that because that was like a big thing one of my uni teachers used to say to me like white space is important and they used to be like (laughs) but for me as well on the London Underground I kind of associate that with stress like I I don't really look forward to going on the tube like sometimes it's fine but that's because it's either like not rush hour and I've got my headphones in but if it's rush hour and I've got my headphones it's just the worst person in the world and I think when I did this campaign, it made me realise what ads are up there and your no offence, but it's bombarded with Jack Daniels. And I think someone who's had a hard day at work or just travelling home who, you know, has is trying to pick up the motivation to go to the gym or, or go on a walk or do something that's right for themselves, they're then being told, like, have a drink, you'll feel better. It would, like, and that is an easier option. I would love to go and have a, a, a whiskey sometimes. And I just think that's such a powerful space to be using when we could be helping people, people who are in really, really bad frames of mind. And that's the, what they're confronted it with. It puts it in their head, doesn't it, without yeah. even them really realising it. They walk past it and they before they've even realised that they want a drink, yes. they're thinking, oh, I'll go home and do this. And I think you're right that it's it's normally just so hectic down there, isn't it? And just having like your design on there, just like it could, it could like lift people, I suppose. That's it. And I was thrilled, but in my, I just think, imagine if the whole underground was filled with loads of artists' work instead mm. no advertisement. That was obviously I sell products, mm. but one of the agreements with Global was, you know, you're not going to use it for selling products. So I was like, no, it's going to be messages of hope. 
Like, I don't want to get, like, financial gain out of this. I want someone to tell me that it made their day better. And I imagine if we filled the whole underground with loads of different artists, like, with colour and all these messages of hope. So when you go down there, you're bombarded with, like, oh, like... Yeah, I'm Positivity to... and uplifting yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. And well. it's it's so counterproductive because, I mean, we all know that... I mean, Andy will laugh because this is, like, my passion project. But, like, alcohol and sugary foods and all of that has the polar opposite effects even though in the moment you think it makes you feel better it actually makes you feel 10 times worse Mm -hmm. so the fact that they're even that that's even a thing in the first place is quite counterproductive really it's like it could also be a massive space for education like you Mm. said so like letting people know about having something for breakfast over something else that you wouldn't really necessarily know how it can affect your brain your energy throughout the day like you're stood waiting for the platform you could be using those two minutes to do something a little bit better than looking at whiskey or there was just loads of big corporations making more money just it was just gin and whiskey and loads of my posters were next next to it and i was a bit like but i thought actually no it's quite (laughs) blur (laughs) crop (laughs) the the train was covering it um but then i was like actually no it's kind of perfect because if someone is feeling like they need to have a drink to get through the day and then there's a message next to it that says you're going to be all right you're going to be okay like we're glad you're around that's cool that's what i kind of wanted i think you've made a massive difference even in that how long was it up for a month six weeks some bits are still up now i didn't see even that i think just having that image and having that message has made a massive difference to hundreds of thousands of people that use that underground every day without you even really realizing yeah it was predicted to fall on 2.6 million eyes but that was on the space of two weeks Mm. um but it's been up for well not every spot but some spots are still up now i think it's if they don't have like another advert coming it stays up for until they have the next one so i got pictures the day of it and i was like oh i didn't even know um but yeah it i I hope it's just made people send it to someone else so it's just a little something for themselves i know there's been times where i've been going either to or from something where it's either been dread or i'm upset or even like happy i just needed a little pick-me-up so i hope it has done that yeah but yeah the new guys helped make the t-shirts for it which was really cool as well yeah that was a good process i think we had fun that day yeah Yeah, i loved it and then i got to come here and see this and understand more about transfer because i've only done it on like a cricket level is it cricket or cricket it's it's cricket i think because they used to actually have a cricket as part of the logo and sometimes you can still see it but i didn't know that yeah well i've had a debate with my friends i'll tell i'll tell them <laughs> later so it's cricket i said it was cricket so i've only ever done it on a cricket level um so obviously the scale has been quite limited um and i have explored and stuff with it but just then seeing what you guys can do and with colors and all, all the heat presses i was just i was really enjoying myself that day it was like shopping for textile stuff it was great it was really good <laughs> but that's you know everything's there's always a new a new option a new thing to try which is one of the great things about um being in textiles really yeah one of the things because we always like to kind of ask really nerdy questions about um <laughs> garments and things like that but with your with your minus cloud nine being around mental health and wanting to have a positive feeling, how do you go about finding the right garments? Because I imagine actually not just the, what it looks like, but actually what it feels like to wear is probably quite an important part for you for you yeah. as a yeah. designer. It's interesting. So there's a few things I take. Well, I did take into account. So when I first started this, I didn't really realise... I mean, I understood the textile industry, but I did a bit more research when I started doing this. Like, why am I getting these garments for £1.32? Like, that's amazing, but why? And then I was initially printing on Gildan, which I actually love the fit of Gildan jumpers. They've got that 90s fit. They're really cool. But then I started to look at all these different certifications that different factories have. And I was like, right, this doesn't make sense to me to be advocating for mental health, but then be using garments that are made in factories that don't have certain specifications ticked so i started to then look at how to do it sustainably and ethically as possible um i'm as transparent as possible as i can be i know there's definitely always room for improvement i think that's with any brand that claims to be as sustainable as possible but i do always try and do samples myself and then before i would do any like bigger production but i started looking for anything that was fair wear approved um anything that would monitor in its carbon footprint and stuff like that so i i found a few that were great i use rollerwise i know you guys have worked with them as well um and earth positive continental stella stanley and that's just where i seem i'm just staying with them now because the quality as well you do feel the difference massively it is expensive more more expensive especially when you're first starting out but i think if this is a like for me it's a massive part of my ethos to be sustainable and have things ethically made to be honest 
the ethics more than sustainability is what I care about more. I care about people's safety in a factory. I want to know that they have a fire exit. They can go to the toilet. I'm not going to feel happy wearing someone's clothes that, that someone has like hurt themselves making for a T-shirt for me to get £2 cheaper. That doesn't like, fill me with joy at all. Um, and I also think you see the results. So a lot of my stuff I know people still have from years ago and it's been washed and it lasts longer. So you just have to invest in your wardrobe a little bit more if you want to do be, go the extra mile. But I really believe in it. And also for anxiety, I personally always wear baggy oversized clothes because it's just how I feel comfortable uh, and heavy, quite heavy clothes. And that's like, a, you might have seen like weighted blankets and stuff they're used for anxiety. So a lot of my jumpers, which is Stella Stanley that I use, they are heavy. And that's part of it because it feels like a big hug. Um, so that's a, a factor of it as well. Um, but yeah, I think the quality, it's, people always touch my stuff and they're like, oh my God, it's amazing quality. But yeah, the ethical side of it was definitely a really important part for me. I think that's, you know, and I think that's important. And we, we speak to a lot of the blanks companies. I think a lot of them actually have more ethics than they realise sometimes, you know, especially not just in terms of the factory, but the process that goes into making stuff and dyeing stuff. Yeah. But it, what's been really interesting over the last six months is how they're now starting to talk about it and become much more aware of it. And I think that every single customer now, whether it's, you know, as a, a someone buying from a brand, it's definitely at the front of their mind. I think even when for our customers that are doing fulfillment, actually understanding how garments been made is really important now because every kind of end user wants to know that it's come from a good place. They want to know it's going to last a long time mm-hmm. and they want to know it's going to feel good when they wear it as well. Yeah. I've, I've really noticed a lot of brands I've never previously used start to do their like sustainable stuff as well. And that's great because I'm seeing more cuts and more options. So I'm like really happy about that. Um, but yeah, I think working with Rallowa is, is really good because they have a section that's uh, specifically sustainable and organic. And it's got all the vegan and you can like uh, filter out what it is I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, I think... It, the awareness around it is really important. On the actual Stella Stanley website, they have like so much... I don't even understand half of it, but they have so much information on every step they take. And I just think the tra- transparency is absolutely key. And even though I don't understand it, being able to see it, I'm like, OK, well, they know what they're doing and they're showing. So obviously I'm sure there is room for improvement, but they're probably doing more than maybe someone else and they're trying to make it as safe and healthy as possible for everyone, yeah. So one of the things you touched upon earlier was word of mouth and how that had served you well, well, to this day still, because obviously yeah. working with uh, the theatres to get the uh, face masks in their place. But because of the sort of the effort you've put into spreading this positive message around your garments, it's actually um, opened up quite a few other doors. We we saw on your in, on the on Instagram to see that you did a big um, like affair for uh, Netflix the other day. So could you tell us a little bit more about how that all came to be and uh, some of the, the topics of discussion you might discuss with them to help add a positive effect to everything that they do as well? Yes. Yeah, so aside work again, markets have got me most of my corporate uh, gigs, which is so crazy because I'm usually in the street freezing cold like no it's not glamorous at all um but I met um a really amazing person at Greenwich Peninsula Market I had no idea who she was and I just did my spiel and I think she bought a jumper I'm not 100% and then a few days later this is before the pandemic this is years ago now I got an email off someone she didn't introduce herself like hi Charlotte um my colleague had told me about you I'd love to chat to you to see how we can work together and it was like, thank you, Catherine. And then the bottom, the Netflix logo. And I was like, this is a joke. Because <laughs> at the time, the business was like a lot less developed. So I remember ringing my boyfriend. I was like, you'll never guess who's emailed me. And he was like, who? It was at Netflix. And I just started doing talks for schools and stuff. But obviously, that's quite a big client. So I was like, I'm going to mess this up somehow. <laughs> anyway, um, I spoke to her and she was, at the time, inclusion and diversity, uh, cultural lead and very passionate around everything mental health, LGBTQ. So we had a big chat and we were just very, like, open. And it wasn't very businessy at all. It was just getting to know each other. And she was like, I want to know what you think about coming into the office and doing maybe, like, a pop-up and just chatting to people. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think I can fit that in. So I went into Netflix and did that. um, And I was just talking to individual people. And then they invited me back again to do a similar thing. And then I also did a candle workshop. And that was last year. And then it was the same again this year. They're like, do you want to come and do like a candle workshop or a talk? And I was like, I have a really good idea. So I did a candle workshop, which was kind of separate. So people could pick and choose to come to that. 
But I also organised a mindful market, so I'm a trainee psychotherapist as well, as of last year. And my goal is to make spaces merging all types of like therapy almost. So we have like retail therapy, normal conversation therapy, um, beauty therapy, and then also I really want to do workshops where I can skill share that will help people's mental health to have mindfulness methods and anything else. So I really want to create, um, I don't know, like real big communities where there's a space that people can go, they can go make something, have a coffee, talk to like-minded individuals where they know they're safe and not going to be judged. There is a lot of places like that now, um, but obviously I've been trying to do this since 2014, so just all under the Manuscanan umbrella. So what I did was I took beauty therapists that I know who are also actually trainee therapists and then mindful businesses that sell like wellbeing products like candles, um, sustainable dog uh, things. Obviously, your animals are the best thing for your mental health. Um, artists, Kate Carter. Like I just took a bunch of businesses that I know that are amazing and we all popped up there. And what happened was the staff were able to book in for appointment for a treatment and then go shop. And it was just like a whole day of talking about mental health, like as openly as possible. And obviously like shopping and all the other good things. And we had things like a box where people could write down their thoughts anonymously, obviously in corporate. It's very interesting because there's a lot of politics in any job. So we were getting things in the box around mental health in the workplace for things that they can improve on, things that they're happy with. Had lots of like stats and information around mental health and watching TV because obviously it was Netflix. So I tried to accommodate it. And it was a massive success. And I just, I felt really proud that day because everyone was amazing. You could see everyone really passionate about it. There's a lot of staff in the workplace there who really felt safe to talk about it who wouldn't normally talk about it. Um, and there was a lot of other staff people's reaction, like, oh, I haven't heard you like talk about this. So you could really see, really see a difference. I had one person in particular asking me a lot of questions about like my experience of mental health and some questions around suicide and uh, his colleague said oh you're like you're really interested in this and he said oh yeah I lost my brother to suicide so I'm really interested in like hearing about it and she was like I had no I've worked with you every day I had no idea about that and he was like well when's been something you'd bring up it over coffee in the morning is it like by by the way way. yeah he was like well when's been the right time to tell you that and then he was and then i don't want you to treat me differently for it and it was and i just that's such a big thing as well i was just there like this works (laughs) because like you know not to grin too much at the poor man who's going through but you're going i'm succeeding at this (laughs) yeah it's all working but it was just a real like moment where they also and and it was like you know and it's true when is the right time to talk about it really in the workplace no i don't think there really is one i mean I don't know if you're allowed to divulge this, but just from a curiosity point of view, like you were saying, from the corporate world, yeah. what was some of the most common or ones that stood out to you the most that people commented about what they could do to improve like their day-to-day work environment? Or I'm, I'm just curious, really. I think with ones that I've worked in, a lot of it's... I mean, this has been a real um, like thing for me, but I've been invited back to most of them. So I think when they've seen it work, they've had me then go to another team within the, like, Linkletters, for example, which is a law firm. And it's a mate, you walk in and the building's like, oh, like, it's amazing. But obviously, it's a law firm. They have huge clients. And I imagine the stress and pressure they're under is insane. So them having 45 minutes out of their day to make a candle, I think for them must be, like... Oh, this is amazing! Like you know, really amazing. Yeah, I think it is that, and I think I they just make, and I'll talk at them, (laughs) and I'll just talk at them, and the odd person chimes in. But the emails I got afterwards, the one talk I did in particular, Linklater's, I got so many emails. A lot of men in particular, which I'm always quite, they always like doesn't matter, but I'm always quite shocked at because I think in that environment they might find it a little bit harder to talk about. And the emails I got of them are like really rewarding. And then I'll send not the names, but I'll send the feedback it back to management and be like look this was reciprocated really well going forward maybe we could make a, a bigger talk out of it or leave more room for a Q&A and every corporate I've worked with so far has been really open to anything else I want to do they're like okay what do you think next so there's def- I've definitely seen people really want to do more especially those people in those positions of like around uh, diversity and culture they really most people in those roles really care about who who's in their team and then the same there's some people in the corporate world it's not for them and that is totally fine as well it's just that's just the person that they most people attend and then you can just tell it's not their vibe they don't want to make a candle that you know they've got stuff to do that's also totally fine but i think it takes a lot of people by surprise as well and then all, all the feedback's always been really good so yeah I, I don't know about what you can change because it's so hard but I think having those anonymous 
opportunities to speak to someone outside of work as their party where they can send an email and they know they're being heard but it's not going to come back on them I think that's like really powerful mm, and giving them the chance as well like you say somebody first time around might not necessarily think it's for them or want to do it but then if you go back again and they hear positive things from other people or even just in themselves if they think oh no I'll give this a go like this time around and having that opportunity to show up time and time again and just touch more people I guess yeah I've had that some I've had people be like <laughs> they mean well when they're there. Oh, you know, I didn't think this like mental health thing would be like for me, but actually, it was quite good. <laughs> oh, thank you. But I understand because it is quite. It's a word that like a lot of the words are thrown around a bit more now. Like, especially I do a lot of talks in schools, and a lot of teachers are quite bad about. Oh, everyone's got anxiety. Everyone's got depression, and it's like, oh, you know, some people actually do, you know. And I think a lot of these words are thrown around quite a lot that people they've lost the wit that was going to be my next point on that topic is that I think and I I could be wrong on this it's just like my observation but I definitely think because those words are used a lot more now which is fantastic and they're Mm -hmm. a, a bigger part of the world and I think that's great but I do think that more people have chimed in taking it almost as like a label and then it takes away from the people that do genuinely have it because if you do have anxiety or depression for example the people that genuinely have it and genuinely struggle with it you don't know they've got it yeah whereas the people that walk around going I have this I have that I think well if you do if you are feeling a bit off like I'm pleased that you feel comfortable to talk about it but at the same time I have even like a few personal relationships Mm -hmm. I've seen it be taken away from some people and I think it's kind of it's good that the awareness is there, but also there's always going to be a downside to that kind of thing. Yeah, it's very hard, isn't it? Especially with like things like TikTok and things like that. There's a lot of information where people can, you know, self-diagnose. Because it's quite convincing. The amount of things I watch on TikTok and I'm like, I've got that, I've got that. I think and every then, star sign I'm related yeah, to, like literally yeah. everyone. That's it. I think it's very hard. It's, it's having like that one like trying to be rational Mm. but it's just an awareness I think when people when you really think oh I could have that because I didn't know I had anxiety for a long time until I learned about what it was and I was Mm. like oh I've been anxious my whole life (laughs) who does I thought it was just wired like that so I think when you actually start to learn about it and you see like a pattern maybe but like you said there's pros and cons of social media there's a lot of information out there now that me finding out about ADHD was partly because of TikTok to be honest Mm. I was like this makes sense and that's why I think so many women who've been masking for years and now finding out that they have it because there's more resources that are available which you know we used to believe it was hyperactive boys in school but actually there's so much more to it um, but I think with like mental health it's really hard there's a lot of like words that get thrown around but everyone has mental health but not everyone has a mental illness so I think your mental health you know it's a spectrum some people are at one end and the higher end or vice versa but a lot of people think there's like taboo around saying I'm mentally ill it's not it's just sometimes you have a mental health day and sometimes you might have a mental illness if that makes sense yeah you need to just make sure that you're looking after you because people say oh I'm just you know taking a mental health day or something to like I don't know fill their cup or make sure that they're not burnt out as we had that conversation like 20 minutes ago um because it's about picking up on those signs because you can then go oh okay well I know that I will be better at this or better at my job if I take this afternoon for yeah. myself rather than waiting until like you say you then are at the point of the illness side of it yeah your, your body makes you stop because you're so you're, you're exhausted or burnout mm-hmm. but it's mental maintenance over mental illness so you know being able to be aware like I'm starting to feel more anxious because I'm exhausted I'm not I'm not eating I haven't moved my body in days all these things that can contribute to you feeling really unwell and then obviously some people are at the other end of the spectrum where they do struggle every day with a mental illness and it's completely different they could be doing all the right things and they're still mentally ill so I think it's quite hard there's so much information out there for people to like self-diagnose and that have all these things I you know there's so many traits of my own that I could fall into bipolar or BPD and then you know you've got the doctor and it's like oh you, you, you don't have that it's like ADHD there's such blurred lines I think it's really hard for people especially younger generation where older generation don't talk about it so it's like or don't understand it which yeah. isn't necessarily their fault but it's just the way that their generation is yeah and it is a mindset like I'm training to be a psychotherapist and sometimes I leave and I'm like uh, it's just, like you know it's really hard and it's we are evolving as humans and everyone's emotions are so complex and everyone is so different so I think when you meet people who don't think the same as you or don't act the same as you there's an immediate like why and then once you get over that it's like trying to think but it's always trying to put yourself in the other person's perspective and seeing it from their point of view um but yeah it's such a complex topic but just having conversations where people can feel safe to talk about it I think is the first step yeah 
So we have quite a, a mix of people that listen to this. So there's some uh, smaller companies and some medium, big companies. But thinking specifically for those where there's uh, people who might be business owners or managers that are listening, but they've never done anything for their workplace or their business around mental health. Do you have any advice for them if they wanted to get started or like a first step they can do to kind of dip their toe into it as a just to see how their staff might react to it? Yeah, I think having uh, one like showing that your you your business promotes it as a whole. So some businesses I've worked with, I've either gone in and done a talk or a workshop and left, and I'm pretty sure it's back to work and they don't actually talk. Do you know it's ticking a box, which. Obviously, I'm still doing a job and I feel like I've helped people. But, you know, you need to show that you're implementing changes. You're really hearing your staff, especially if you're in really crazy environments where you're working hours, you know, longer than maybe normal. There's high pressure, all those things. I think just sending an email, literally, especially if you haven't done it before, would make a huge difference. Being like, you know, please know we have this person on site, whoever the mental health first aider is you can go speak to them a lot of big companies that I've worked with which I think is amazing offer counselling through like Bupa or something like that it's like an incentive with a company and I just think if a company is in a position to do that do that because having counselling for that person at your workplace to have that from work for free is such a privilege and that would be such an incentive for me I would like that's like so irreplaceable especially if you meet a counsellor that works for you that's amazing so I think if a bigger company you're in that position but if you're a smaller company and you're in a position to talk to your staff go around and actually talk to your staff obviously don't have to say it too much but literally say you know I am here if you need anything we are aware of everything that's going on we're in a cost of living crisis like things are really hard most people are struggling financially most people I know even who earn really well are struggling financially so just I think having those conversations and that vocabulary open up in the office which is unusual environment um, and also do things that, I mean you can use me if you'd like to but you don't have to but running workshops and things like that where it gives people the opportunity to take them off whatever they do I know obviously this environment is quite creative but getting them to go and sit in a room and make a candle or colouring in colouring in is cheap and like just say right guys we're going to have an hour colouring in chat to each other sit next to someone you don't work to in the office and chat could be like work the world of wonders it's not going to be for everyone but I think just making sure you're you have someone in place who's a mental health first aider and also open up those conversations as best you can there's only so much you can do as well yeah and and thinking about those that perhaps I guess in the same spot as you were there, they are the boss, but they also the only person in the business. Because um, a lot of people who listen to are like start are thinking about starting up, or they're one man, one woman, and bands working out their garage. So anything you advice you'd have for people who are perhaps the only person in the business, where there's no one there to talk to necessarily, because mm. no one really wants to hear about your business anymore anyway. Um, because they, you know they've heard about a thousand times. It's one of the reasons we do this podcast is to put other businesses in front of yeah, you you're to, not alone so you're not alone yeah yet. um it is hard i've had so many wobbles i've been like i actually can't do this anymore like i'm gonna just you know and that's uh, the full transparency one of the reasons i've trained into be a psychotherapist is so i have a backup in case my business doesn't work i'm still going to do something i love and and i can still incorporate uh, psychotherapy into the business at the moment but I don't know if I could do this forever because I'm exhausted we just talked about having burnout but if you love it and if you go to a job now and you spend time at your job thinking about something else you want to be doing or if you come home after work and you're spending hours into it keep investing it like a brick a day builds a wall I used to work a few jobs at a time then go home sit in my garage and crit cut t-shirts and sell Etsy and wasn't making any money but it gave me more hope and a bit more um, confidence in myself and it will like it, some things will happen you're like that's really amazing and I, I mean this is, might be quite bad business advice for me personally I don't do everything for financial gain I, I mean it's great when I do but for example the campaign wasn't about that at all for me and seeing my work on those boards it's like whoa like people believe in this not just me so if you have a, a a brand that's got an ethos and a mission as well just make sure that's always at the forefront and tell everyone don't be embarrassed tell everyone about what you're doing I spent years being embarrassed about what people thought and being nervous to tell people i'm doing stuff around mental health and actually it's been reciprocated really well and then i got invited into netflix you, you never know who's listening to you talk to strangers tell everyone just shout about it you've got social media as well get on tiktok do that but yeah most importantly look after yourself because when you're alone it is hard you get in your head a lot 
um, especially if you're like me, can be a bit negative sometimes. Um, but yeah, definitely keep going. That's always like my, my mantra. Yeah. So one of the things I also wanted to touch upon because we talk about um, localization a lot and where the mouse is a big part of that is growing everything around you and you know community is a big part of that. Um, but you were an award winner last year for the Brentwood. Uh, business award for community engagement so could you tell us a little bit about getting that award and some of the initiatives that you're doing within your local area to that would have led to people wanting to award you yes so i lived in hartford during the pandemic so there wasn't i did look at doing community stuff there but because of the pandemic you know no one was doing anything it was really hard and we moved just as the pandemic was coming out of it and i moved to brentwood and i just knew i wanted to be doing stuff locally obviously it's amazing to be doing stuff on tfl underground but it's not something that's going to sustain me every day having people know you're in the area and do events and stuff can be like super powerful a lot of my previous jobs as well were working around community and i can see the power especially in a small business people will support you if they know you're there and you're working hard so i started um literally just going to small businesses around brentwood and going to like meetups and stuff introducing myself and then i started getting invited to some talks uh and just like speaking to people about mental health and then i did a mural in Brentwood with Brentwood Council on the skate park, skate, I'm excellent, very posh there, skate park, <laughs> um, on the skate park wall, and it was like a positive mural that said, you got this, and it was all about um, it, like encouraging people to do walking, biking, like, so around that, so it was like a scooter, bike, different illustrations up there, but with the cloud, and obviously sharing information on mental health in Brentwood. And, uh, yeah, I was really fortunate to win uh, an award for Brentwood Business Awards. It was really nice. And now I'm looking at open my own space in Brentwood, which is right near my mural. It wasn't planned at the time, but it just happens to be. So what I plan on doing is taking all my equipment um, and having workshops and more talks and opportunity and, like, a mini shop as well. And hopefully one day extend it to be, like, a coffee shop. I'm ho- that's for the plan. So it's a, it's a hub for people to go to if they're having a bad day or they want to print their own T-shirt or they want to go with their mate and, like, you know, do some candle making and wine and cheese or whatever. It's going to be a real change i want to try and change it up every night so four nights a week so we're doing different workshops and different opportunities to create and teach new skills uh, and getting a lot of like apprentices and interns because i'm really fortunate to have quite big bits of kit so they can be really hands-on they can learn how to do embroidery literally hooping it putting it in they can do the heat press they can learn how to do the dtg because i don't want to do it anyway so that's fine <laughs> they can do it it's such a pain um like changing the inks really seeing things that you don't actually see normally like you would send off and then someone sends you the t-shirt um and then hopefully i hope that then they want to do their own business and i can help nurture them with that and help you know set the, help set them up their website and do whatever we can do maybe one day i have a podcast and i talk to them like that. so yeah i really believe in like passing on skills I've, i found it really hard since doing my own business on like buying equipment teach myself for hours on youtube making expensive mistakes and if i can stop someone do that and help them get on their way i would really like to do that yeah i think that's very important we we see lots of people that come in here that have made expensive mistakes and anything we can do to try and stop them and just like you know take a step back think about it Mm -hmm. try it for yourself but like you know it's really encouraging to hear that that's the sort of space you're going to be opening because you know, there's a lot of people that could be starting their own business that don't necessarily have to go and, you know, they they might be, be like yourself, they might be practical people that would just want to get their hands on stuff and learn yeah. and build out their own business that way. So it's very encouraging to hear that that's something that will be available in the hopefully near future for everyone hopefully, in Brentwood and Essex that way. Well, you guys see it as well when people, like, peel transfer, it's like, oh, like, I get, I get the same kind of buzz, like, doing that with people. It's not me, it's the equipment doing it, but being able to, like, give someone that is, like, super, it's, like, really rewarding, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, these are sort of things that they don't realise that they can do or don't think could be a possibility. They see, oh, I can never do that myself, but then you're like, well... You need a few bits of equipment and it's, it's their imagination that is the most important part of their, any of it in their design work always anyway. 100%. I get a lot of people's, like, so even, like, adults, they're like, oh, I could never have my own business stuff. And I'm like, I really, you know, I didn't think I was ever going to be in a position that I am now. You know, I've never been financially in a position to invest in the business it's just been saving up buying a bit of equipment doing what you can with the equipment and working with your resources around you and telling everyone and it you know i think they say the first five years of business is something you're not meant to like 
make money and then it's... So I think, you know, that's kind of in my head. I'm like, I'm going to keep going for five years. I mean, every year has got better and you keep going and then hopefully by year six, you know, I'm in a position where I can go on holiday <laughs> yeah. I think as well with stuff like that it, it's like you said it's gradually building but you start off almost as like a hobby yeah. and you build upon that so like people that want to start t-shirt businesses for example or want to start heat printing they think that they have to quit their full-time job and purchase all this equipment and make a massive life change whereas in reality you could buy you know even our lowest end heat press isn't that ex- like it's not expensive at all start with one t-shirt one transfer make it and sell it after you've come home from your nine to five and go do it from there and do that until it starts to build and then see where it goes it doesn't have to be a massive announcement right I'm opening a business and you know it's easier there is is a little bit of sacrifice involved but it's so worth it and I know quite a lot of people who've started a business and they don't want people to know they're doing it because they're embarrassed or whatever reason so until it gets good they hide that it's them and that's also fine. Do whatever works for you. But I would just say don't let it stop you from doing it. Don't let all these excuses or whatever it is like prevent you from doing something you want to do. If you think you're capable, which probably means you are, if you're not believing in yourself... If you're thinking about it, you must be capable. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's not like, you know, it's a few hurdles to get there. But I really like, especially like T-shirts and stuff that's so like easy to sell, normally easy to sell, not always... And I, I would say take your stuff if you're London, but anywhere actually, go to a market because you get actual customer feedback in person. People can touch your product and then you really see what works and what doesn't, especially for your area. Um, and you can just grow from there. You, if you sell nothing as well, don't be disheartened. That's happened to me before. I've gone all the way to Spitalfields, I've set up and it has, just hasn't been my customer there that day. But then I've gone back a few weeks later and took nearly £800 on T-shirts. So it is just literally juggling everything but just if you're not believing in yourself no one can believe in you so believe in yourself yeah i think that's a very good note to finish on positive message do you have anything else to add or i just cut your question short (laughs) i would agree that i think that's a very good place to end Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been fantastic. We'll have to have you back again soon. We'll have to go and visit um, your space when it opens and maybe show everyone around on the YouTube channel. Oh, I'd love to have you guys there. I mean, it's not going to look like in here. It's going to be a little bit more makeshift, but never know in a few years but yeah definitely would love to have you guys there potentially do some workshops or whatever with transfer but yeah 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 perfect well thank you very much to everyone for listening or watching on youtube don't forget to like and subscribe on whichever channel you're watching on and we'll be back next thursday with another episode